This is a sermon podcast from Ashland First United Methodist Church in Ashland, Oregon. Visit us online at ashlandmethodist.org for more sermons like this, church information, and how to get involved. Ashland Methodist, a community of open hearts, open minds, and open doors. All right, good morning, everyone. Good morning. I wanted to start very briefly. Uh, thank you all for singing that last hymn, the choir gathered this morning, and we said, boy, we haven't sung this in 50 years. So um, part of the joy of getting to stand up here and, and talk to you this morning is I got to pick the hymns and I got to pick the scripture. So if you don't like any of it, come talk to me after church and we'll work it out. Um, and this is funny for me because the church I grew up in uh, was a Methodist church in Berkeley, California, and was, I was a kid the liturgist would dutifully get up and would read the Old Testament reading from the liturgy, would get up again later, read the New Testament uh, liturgy, and then the pastor would get up, talk about something else entirely every single Sunday. So it, it was fun for me to get to you know, page through my Bible and page through the hymnal and say, this is what I want to talk about this morning. So thank you. Uh, we're here as part of a season of the cloud of witnesses, and the first thing that I have to tell you is that I think I am a lousy witness. Let's get that out of the way. Uh, I'm here to testify to the fact that I'm a terrible witness. A real witness, a witness to God, is a person of great faith who sees God and hears God. A witness testifies to their personal experience with God, and a witness is 100% sure of their story. I'm not 100% sure about anything, actually. Absolute certainty requires a faith that I really don't have. I think that introspection and doubt and a willingness to have our minds changed is a really important part of what makes us human. Most of you know that I spend most of my time guiding my two little humans, Hannah and Sam, guiding them through childhood as best I can. I enjoy it, and I like to think I'm pretty good at it, but sometimes my skeptical nature that I just mentioned makes me pretty bad at answering their questions. Dad, does the sun come up every morning? Well, so far. <laughs> In my experience, it always has, but you never know about tomorrow. So good night. Bedtime's always fun at our house. So Reverend Dorita asked if I was willing to be a part of this cloud of witnesses, and we've heard some wonderful witnesses the last few weeks. I said yes, because what else are you going to say when Dorita asks you to do something? That's, that's the right answer. I know that. In the last few years, I've really made saying yes uh, almost a spiritual practice for myself. And it leads me down interesting paths in life that it's very, it's very, very easy to say no. And I've always found that. But if you say yes, you wind up standing up here talking to everybody. And sometimes that may not be where you want to be. I actually kind of enjoy it, but <laughs> it's my first thing. Try saying yes a little more. It's also how I wound up in the church choir here because somebody <laughs> asked me. So. 
ask people for things, say yes when they ask. So I said yes to being a witness, and I've spent a lot of time thinking about witnesses. What makes a really good witness for God? Well, the best witnesses experience miracles, and then they share them with everyone. Okay, I have an idea here. We are all going to witness a miracle together right now. This is the great thing about the modern age we live in. We can have miracles on command. We'll see the same miracle twice, actually, from two slightly different perspectives, which is pretty biblical, straight from the gospel. So, technology and God willing. Could we have the video, please? Our miracle. Watched that happen 29 years ago? <laughs> or heard it? That's, we hardly even needed the video just to hear it. Um, I, I always like not to assume. Uh, that is a baseball game. <laughs> and that was the end of game one of the 1988 World Series. And that was the miracle of St. Gibson of Los Angeles from the Gospels of Vin Scully and Jack Buck. Didn't that sound like a miracle? It was. That is exactly what the reaction to a miracle should sound like. The crowd can't believe the ending. Unbelievable. The impossible has happened. I don't believe what I just saw. Think of your favorite biblical miracle, miracle recorded in the Bible. Moses parting the Red Sea, loaves and the fishes, the resurrection. What would a witness to one of those miracles say? I don't believe what I just saw. The impossible has happened. Now, when I was a kid, as I was when that particular miracle occurred in 1988, that's the kind of thing that I expected. Something obvious and game-changing would happen, and boom, I'd be a witness and just get to tell everyone about it. But it never seemed to go that way. God just doesn't hit game-winning home runs every day. And God seems to work in much more subtle ways in my experience, and 
Kids just don't appreciate subtlety. So as a child, I figured there was just something I wasn't quite getting. But I always trusted that anything I didn't yet know the answer to, I would eventually figure out. It was just a question of time passing, and gaining experience, and education. And someday I'd be a grown-up, and I'd have all the answers. <laughs> the hymn we sang a few minutes ago is a great example of this kind of thinking. We'll understand it better by and by. It sounded great here this morning. Thank you all for singing along. Uh, there's a wonderful version of that by Elvis Presley. So when you go home, fire up YouTube, listen to Elvis sing it. It's a good time. Uh, we'll understand it better by and by. When, when is by and by? When, when is that going to happen? And how will I know when I'm there? Here's another example of wanting to grow up, waiting to grow up. My daughter Hannah is six years old, and she's learning to read. And it's a pretty amazing process to witness. I, I don't remember learning to read myself. I don't know if any of you do, but guiding a child through it, it's incredible, because they don't get it, and they don't get it, and they don't get it, and then they get it. Not a lot of things are, well, maybe a lot of things are like that. And there's nothing that Hannah likes better than reading my book of Calvin and Hobbes comic strips with me. Now, for those who need a little background on this one, uh, in this particular comic strip, which used to run in the newspaper, Calvin is a troublesome and very precocious six-year-old boy, and Hobbes is his stuffed tiger. Also, Hobbes is Calvin's best friend, and Hobbes is very real to Calvin. That's the important part. This particular strip that I'm going to show you ran in the newspaper in 1993. And it's very small, so I'm going to read it to you. Calvin and Hobbes are out walking in the woods, and they come upon something on the ground. And Calvin says, look, a dead bird. And Hobbes says, it must have hit a window. Calvin says, isn't it beautiful? It's so delicate. <sighs> Once it's too late, you appreciate what a miracle life is. You realize, <laughs> I uh, have trouble getting through a comic strip. <laughs> you realize that nature is ruthless and our existence is very fragile, temporary and precious. But you go on with your daily affairs and you can't really think about that. And that's probably why everyone takes the world for granted and why we act so thoughtlessly. It's very confusing. I suppose it will all make sense when we grow up. And Hobbes replies, no doubt. <laughs> so you, you get the joke there. I suppose it will all make sense when we grow up. We'll understand it better by and by. Are you like me and Calvin and Charles Albert Tindley, the author of the hymn we just sang? Have you gone through your life waiting to one day grow up and have it all make sense? When is that going to happen? When will I grow up and understand everything? As a kid, 
I didn't understand the joke of that comic strip at all because I thought, yeah, life and death and all the big questions will make more sense when I grow up. But often they make less sense. My experience of growing up is of becoming less and less certain about things. And that's, uh, that's the opposite of what the six-year-old me would have thought. It's times like these that I find the Bible to be a really good source of wisdom. It's an amazing book. And depending on the translation you're using, there are over 31,000 different verses in the Bible. So somewhere in the Bible, you will probably find exactly what you want it to say, which is very helpful when you need to support your sermon. <laughs> so that's where I turned, trying to find the answer to this question. When will I grow up? And this will all make sense. Well, our previous pastor, Reverend Philip Antilla, liked to say that if you keep getting the wrong answers or answers you don't like, well, maybe you're asking the wrong questions. This scripture from Matthew that Bunny just read has the best verse that I can find to help with this question I keep coming back to. When will I grow up? And it will all make sense. Jesus, as he so often does, looks at this from a different perspective and tells his disciples that unless you change and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. What does it mean to become like children? What are children like? Well, Jesus specifies that we should become humble like a child. Humble. Uh, do you know children very well? I wouldn't call mine humble. I don't think that's part of their vocabulary. But the best I've been able to come up with is that children are totally unafraid to ask questions. They're not afraid to try new things, and they're not afraid to be wrong. Adults are terrible at that. I am. Most grown-ups hate being wrong, and especially in public, because it really wounds our pride, because we're not any good at being humble either. So to me, childlike humbleness is about being willing to ask those questions that might show our ignorance. Kids do that every day, and they don't worry about it at all. Kids don't worry about appearing naive, I need that bit of scripture from Matthew to remind me of the incredible value that there is in childhood. It's not something to grow out of as quickly as possible. To be truly childlike, I think, requires us to take to heart the message of our hymn and our comic strip. It's okay to admit that life just doesn't make sense right now and to have faith that some day, somewhere, maybe it will make more sense. Now, I don't think that that means that we should ever expect to have all the answers or that we should stop looking for them. But sometimes, by and by, and when we grow up, that's all the answer we're going to get. So the miracle that I am witnessing to you today is a very small one. It's nothing anyone is ever going to say, I don't believe what I just saw about. This miracle is Jesus' permission not to worry so much about growing up, about being a grown-up.
the miracle here is a bit of scripture in which Jesus gives us permission. No, he requires us to be childlike. At some point, I figured out that the event that ended the World Series probably wasn't a miracle. Or at least not what I would call a miracle. Despite my earlier statement about my trouble with faith, there's one thing I am 100% certain about. And that is that God does not care who wins the World Series. <laughs> because to believe that, well, one, God is in heaven wearing a Dodgers cap. It's possible. Or the Dodgers fans were praying harder than the A's fans, and that tipped the heavenly scales in the Dodgers' favor. And, and that doesn't make any sense to me. And one reason it doesn't make sense to me is that I'm biased. I was six years old when that happened, and I was wearing my beloved Oakland A's hat, and I cried for hours after the A's lost. And would God really cause that to happen? But you know, I haven't cried about the outcome of a sporting event in a long time. I think one reason for that is because I worried I'd look pretty silly. It's hard not to think like a grown-up. So, my charge to all of us is this. Follow Jesus' recommendation to be like a child as much as you can. Go out and ask lots of questions, even if they might not always make you look smart. Take meandering walks through your neighborhood. Say hello to everyone you meet, especially the bugs. And every once in a while, get way too invested in the outcome of a baseball game. <laughs> Be humble. Don't worry what you look like. That's not easy. The author Jorge Luis Borges famously said that he hoped that paradise would be a kind of library. And I love that image. But I personally hope that what Jesus was getting at here is that heaven just might be a little bit more like kindergarten. <laughs> <laughs>